Hello listeners. My name is Anish Merchant. Thank you for listening in to the special series episode where I decode the two humanitarians Ankit Dawe and Girish Nair who have set up Access Life in India. The focus of Access Life is to help families and children who are battling childhood cancer. In recognition of the World Cancer Awareness Month, I decided to conduct this special series in the month of September. Through this podcast, I decode how Ankit and Girish went about setting up Access Life, what has been the process and what it took to get there. The last 6 years has been an interesting journey for them, but they are still not done. They have many miles to go. families to support and in the process help children to overcome and be successful as part of the journey i have thoroughly enjoyed speaking to both of them and i hope you also get a sense of inspiration from there and in whatever way you can help that will be the best opportunity which i can achieve that will be the best outcome i hope from today's conversation So listen in and be dazzled with your story. Hi Ankit, hi Girish. Welcome to Master's Decoded podcast series. Thanks for taking time out. Hi, thank you so much for having us here. Thank you Anish, thank you for having us. No, uh, it's my pleasure and actually this is my first special series podcast where I'll be talking to two individuals together. I've never done that. So it's it is a special episode on that front and it is a special episode because uh the thing which you all are focused on in a personal life which i would say this personal life is very near and dear to me which is around child and children uh, so we'll talk more about that uh, but girish and ankit i know right now during this pandemic things are tough for everyone and especially with access life and kids and the families how are you all able to keep up and uh, you know keep them motivated and also keep them protected uh, because i think they are not uh, you know if they are on their own they are fine but we as human beings you know more and they are also humans but they, we can be endangering their lives so how do you manage all of this in this situation yes it is new i think globally it is new for everyone it is new uh, and uh, when it all started uh, we were clueless what is going to happen and what are we supposed to do as long as we knew everything is shutting down so what are we supposed to do that was a biggest question we had in our minds and we realized later even parents were worried so families who were staying with mm-hmm. us they were equally worried uh, fortunately uh, you know hospitals were there to support mm-hmm. so in our case uh, we worked very closely with tata hospital okay. uh like i said being global pandemic even they have had to do lot of research in understanding because they, it was wait and watch to understand what is happening so yes there were lot of uh, questions but what we did was we ourselves were doing lot of research trying to understand what it is which direction to take so first and foremost decision, decision even before the cities could lock we locked down our centers for visitors mm-hmm. so we immediately stopped visitors coming to our centers because that was one thing which was happening on an everyday scale so we did that and second step we took was having a you know only ground staff 
which is needed at the center, only they were made available, which were our caretakers who stay at the center and our drivers who take care of transportation. Okay. Rest our entire staff, I think within the week span uh, of knowing the news before the lockdown, uh, we shut our offices because uh, we were getting certain updates from WHO and UNICEF and other global news. So we took that thing and what we started doing was uh, we started talking to hospitals with understanding whether treatment course of treatment is going to happen in you know that particular time or are they going to hold in fact we went to volunteer also at the hospital because uh, there was a time when they had to lock the gates and only allow certain number of people so we were there at the hospitals to support them do volunteering to you know help them manage the crowd uh, and then, till then, also we did not know how you know big this going you know entire thing is going to be. So you know there were almost three thousand people who were standing in the queue, and we had to see all that. So what we did was you know getting all these feedbacks from different places. Okay. We were trying to give the same and educate parents towards it. We were keeping them informed mm -hmm. that okay, this is what you are supposed to do. Uh, what what earlier used to happen is when they had to go for a visit, they would just get up and go. Okay. Now we started coordinating with the hospitals and doctors, understanding whether they are needed at the you know this thing. Uh, what is the priority? You know what kind of priority they have to give in terms of if kids is kids are not feeling mm -hmm. well, or if a certain chemos can be delayed and avoided going in the crowd, mm -hmm. so that you know kids don't catch it and parents don't catch that. And on the center level also, we had to start taking certain precautions, which I think Girish will mention. Uh, you know, so I'll let him cover sure, that sure. part. Um, actually, to just to just to add to what uh, Ankit said, I, I I think we kind of went through three stages. To be honest, uh, earlier when the news broke out, and you know, I guess uh, since we were following it on the media, so you know, uh, we as uh, people who were sort of you know taking care of these families and beneficiaries, we were the ones who were very, very skeptical and. Uh, we wanted to make sure that you know there is there is no infection happening and that was the time when the families had no clue what was happening so they just had a faint idea about you know they heard about coronavirus mm -hmm. they couldn't really understand the impact of it or you know uh, how it can spread and all that so to getting them to first of all understand uh, what it can do and what are the precautions to be taken that that really took some kind of you know um, reinforcement from our entire team okay and uh, so that was phase one and then you reached a phase two where you know when we thought we had all under control like you know our kid was explaining we we figured out how the transportation would be uh, we figured out you know that we need to have our set of face masks and gloves and uh, sanitizers and soaps and you know all those things in place so we were kind of relaxed we thought you know we had it under control Usually we we would have our centers running full occupancy, mm -hmm. but we slowly started having this uh, uh, units in our centers which we would keep empty just in case it would need an isolation. So we we had everything in place, and that is the time I guess by then the family started understanding the impact of coronavirus and they started getting more scared. So we went through that phase. So so we then we reached a phase when our our kids a few of the kids at our center. Oh you know they had covid and you know we were working in tandem with the hospital trying to figure out you know how we are going to uh, sort this 
So uh, everybody in our team, right from our center coordinators, our caretakers, our counselors, our counselors, we're speaking to the families, you know, uh, making them understand that they don't have to worry. We have everything under control. The hospitals had uh, separate isolation units for children undergoing treatment as well as having COVID. So everything was sorted. Uh, we, we just went through different phases as in, you know, uh, there was a scary level, there was a preparation time, there was actual COVID which happened. And then at this point right now, we are kind of ready as in, you know, we know what to, what has to be taken, what has to be done. Okay. So it was four phases for us actually. And it's impressive what you guys are doing. I think whether COVID or no COVID, I, I have been to your center personally, the chamber one. Uh, and uh, I've had the pleasure of meeting the kids and looking around the center. It's just monumental. But let's rewind this a bit. Uh, and I believe this journey where you had your first center started in 2014, uh, where your first center yes. came up. But it is not 2014 where this actually started. It started much earlier between the two of you. And uh, I would like to yes. double click how both of you met uh, and how this thought about doing what you all were doing before even the center came up or before even access life came up, you all were doing certain things together. So let's rewind back. How did you all meet? Uh, how do you all know each other? And then, uh, you know, you all started doing certain things with hospitals. So talk a little bit about that, going back to the history. I'll, I'll tell you about the part about how we met and uh, Ankit can explain what we used to do then. Yeah. So, uh, I was uh, I was always in the aviation industry. I, I used to work with uh, Ethiopian Airlines and Malaysian Airlines, and then I made a shift to PR. Nice. Um, and that's where uh, you know I was I was with the Vaishnavi group, and I was handling the my my uh, sister concern of Vaishnavi was handling the reliance aspect, and Ankit was handling the celebrity aspect of that. Okay. And uh, and and it. So happened that you know uh, the company was also sort of uh, trying to merge forces. So uh, Ankit's entire team sort of you know shifted, and we, we all kind of shifted into one office. So uh, both the sister concerns were working out from the same premises. And I used to see Ankit all the time. You know, he used to carry this DSLR, and you know, he used to click a lot of pictures. And uh, that was the time I was kind of just getting interested towards photography. And I would, I was like amazed. I was like, this guy is carrying DSLR, and you know, and I'm, I'm kind of planning to buy one. So probably he knows a lot about it. And I, and I tell Ankit, Ankit, I'm planning to buy a DSLR. Can you help me with that? And that's, that's how we started speaking to each other. Nice. And he said, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, why not? Why not? You know, you just, you just buy one, and I can help you with that. And I, and I do the whole jing bang. You know, I, I kind of research, and, and then I buy a. Uh, Canon 70 and I, I buy all the accessories that comes with it, you know, everything. And then I'm ready and then I tell Ankit, Ankit, let's, let's go for a photo shoot. And he calls me, okay, we are going for this bird photography. You have to meet me at five in the morning and we catch up, we go there. The whole trip was all about food and breakfast and everything. We, we never even shot a crow. <laughs> And, and then he tells me, and then I ask him, what am I supposed to do with the DSLR? You know, what are the settings and everything? And he tells me, it's very simple. You just put in this automatic mode and you just keep clicking. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I could have just bought a point and shoot. I mean, I've bought the whole thing and you're asking me to just. So 
I, I realize that you know this this is this is going to be fun. Uh, we, I mean, it, the the breakfast trips happened more often after that. Okay. Uh, I didn't complain about it, but but we had fun, and that's how we got connected. Nice. So then, uh, what got you all started to going to hospitals? And uh, I I know a little bit about the two of you, uh, where you all specifically focused on cancer focused hospitals uh, and helping around those uh, individuals who were in the hospitals, not the caregivers or the doctors, but more about the patients who were there. So what got you all to the hospital? So, uh, you know, to tell you how it happened was because of one of my brands I was working okay. with, they happened to have an event, a celebrity event, and they had invited a couple of these people uh, you know, people who are stuck with cancer to come and see a movie in the multiplex. And I think that was the first time I ever, you know, in fact, came closer to any NGO. And, uh, you know, that event happened and me being working for that brand and me being in charge of PR, my focus was to ensure that, you know, when news happens and the media comes and everything, it has to be all about my brand. Okay. Uh, and when the news appeared and, you know, when I saw the news, I was, you know, uh, I was happy because my brand was like everywhere. But, you know, it, it equally uh, made me think, where is the name of that NGO which came? Mm. And uh, so by the time when I had another event with them, I said, Kiyari, aapka last time apne event kiya, where was where's the pictures? I mean, where, where, why didn't your name come? So, and then they were like, you know, our name never comes. But you know, it's just that we feel happy that patients are invited, they have some good time, we are just happy with wow. it. And you know, that struck me thinking, ki yaar, you know, me being in PR, if I can maybe, I cannot go with fat checks, but if I can just help them with getting their name, because it's important, mm -hmm. right? I mean, there could be marketing, there could be media net and all that, but these NGOs, they need at least that name coming so that people who want to support, they can come read the name and at least do their research. Mm -hmm. So I think that's how it all started. Uh, so I became, you know, like a consultant to this NGO. So for any PR related activities or events, I would just go down and support. And uh, that's when, you know, one of our common interest of photography helped uh, because, you know, we decided we can, again, you know, same thing, uh, we cannot go with checks, but we said, okay, we can do photography and maybe put out those pictures and help them in that terms. And in that, I think our frequency increased going to the hospitals and all. Okay. And there was a lot of these places where you're not even allowed to click. Mm -hmm. So then we were just going, you know, being part of it. If there is some book distribution happening, food distribution happening, anything of that sort. I think that stepping into hospital gave us that, you know, like a, you know, big boom sort of a thing that kids get affected by cancer. We, we didn't know that much. Okay, even being in, uh, you know, and being a uh, around all those things, we were always naive to those things. We would only figure that you have to smoke and you know drink and all those things only to get cancer. But uh, this was like a shocker. And uh, seeing those kids, meeting them, understanding, seeing uh, you know all their caregivers around, I think that's where our interaction began with social workers who were there. And we wanted to do more. Uh, we said, you know, we said just doing this is not enough. What is it that we can do more to support them? Because, uh, you know, we, we had seen shortage of 
beds. We had seen certain times shortage of chemo stands. And though doctors and entire team would work so hard, so we thought, you know, if we can get something and support them with all those things, maybe it could help. But uh, when we discussed with them, uh, their first thing was that these kids are getting treatment. Mm. You know, what about when they finish the treatment and go back on the street and they catch secondary infection? Mm. If you want to do something, if you want to work towards that, that's where we need your support. Wow. So if you can come up with something for that, it will be really nice. So I think that's where it's, you know, hit us. We went and I remember me and Girish, uh, you know, when you go through this, we, we, you either end up going for coffee or beers. So we were just sitting you know, over a beer and we were like, dude, what are we doing? You know, this is not enough. What is it that we can do more? And that's where we thought, ki, okay, if they've told us that accommodation is something which is challenging, let's start with a shelter. And it wasn't even a plan uh, where we were planning to have a big NGO or anything. It was a plan that we take a flat, rent it, and give it to two families to live. And that's it. Our job will be done. Mm. But I don't think so. That and first step was also that easy for you guys uh, of getting off land. No, so talk a little bit about that because I've heard the stories. Uh, and there is a, as you were unaware of the scenario of a child getting a uh, uh, suffering from cancer, there is a lot of unawareness among common people uh, about cancer, and especially a child cancer, right? And, uh, you know, I, talk a little bit about that, the kind of hardships or the kind of uh, lack of awareness caused disruptions or issues for you to start with, what you all wanted to start. Uh, so, you know, uh, as Ankit was saying, we used to sort of, uh, when we were working together after our work, and this usually, usually used to happen after our work timings, and we used to sort of, you know, go around uh, looking for a place. Uh, in fact, we had ended up seeing so many places uh, in and around. We used to kind of feel that we, we could become a broker ourselves because we were <laughs> we, we knew the rates of every uh, part of in and around Lower Paril, which building, what square feet, kitna rate, everything. We, we were like hands-on with that. And as he said, you know, every time uh, we used to sort of go there, meet the landlord, and it used to be the same story The when we used to tell them that, you know, the reason is we want to give this children who are who have come to Tata for treatment from a different state. They do not have the money, uh, you know, to find an accommodation and they end up staying on the street outside the hospital. The, the people used to be very well. Uh, a, because we weren't a registered body then. In fact, we did not even register ourselves mm -hmm. as a non-profit uh, into four or five months into operations because we were not even sure to be honest wow. that we can actually pull this through we wanted to give it a shot so we weren't a registered body we were just sort of going out as two individuals uh, we were telling people that you know this is this is what we plan to do and you know this is uh, what we want to achieve and uh, the very thought for them that you know you're you're getting people who are staying on the street you know and getting them to stay in an apartment or in, in a house. And uh, you guys have, although you guarantee to take care of the rent aspect of it, uh, what is the guarantee? And secondly, wh what happens? Uh, hmm. How do you guarantee about how these people are? What is their background? What if they do some mm -hmm. criminal activity or, you know, there is there is some kind of things that they do. Who is answerable wow. for that? 
they were also worried about uh, the children they said you know these are children who are undergoing treatment of cancer they will be wearing mask they, they their heads would be shaved off so that gives a very uh, different picture to the children who would be otherwise staying in the society what would the other children feel are they they are going to be scared looking at the children we heard all sort of nonsense uh, we we people thought that you know cancer can be contagious because uh, any uh, medical waste or you know anything that could possibly come from this patients can affect or uh, contaminate the supply in the building or the facility so all those things used to happen and as ankit was saying mm-hmm. after every such visit which was disappointing we would uh, end up going to let's say a, a coffee shop or you know you, we used to sit down for a beer and i used to joke with ankit if this goes at this stage we might end up getting a liver cancer just because you know every day we are going for a <laughs> we are going to look at a place and you know we we end up not getting one so it was a very long drawn search for us uh, it took us almost 9 mm-hmm. 10 months and uh, it had reached a verge of you know where we sort of gave up we we thought that you know it, it is impossible to get up space for something like this uh, we had actually and mentally given up and that is when a friend of ours he said you know you guys have been focusing a lot in and around uh, parel and dada why don't you come to chembur it's not very far and i can probably help you with that mm-hmm. and that's how we came to chembur we saw saw couple of places uh, we met the landlord of this uh, one particular uh, uh, place that we started and he said you know if this is and if okay. this is the cause this is what you guys want to do i am going to take a reduction in my rent and i'm going to make sure that you know nobody kind of you know removes you from the space so wow. that's how the first center happened for us and that's how we started but how were you able to convince families to come there then because it's not just about getting the center and getting the center aligned but it is also about families and how would they uh, trust you that you are ready to do what you are trying to do how did you clear those inhibitions so we did not uh, actually have to go and talk to the families at all what we did was once the center was up and ready uh, we went to the hospitals mm-hmm. we spoke to the doctors we okay. spoke to the medical social work department those exist in each hospital we let them know that uh, we have a center like this it's open new it's completely free of cost and uh, you know you can send your patients in there those who you think deserve you know a free accommodation and uh, in uh, anis the thing is that the demand is so much and the supply is very less right we opened and on the day of opening itself we had four families wow and you had to reject people also because if you had that supply and demand shortage you got four families were there people coming in take us also we were fortunately planned it in such a way that you know we don't really get into that aspect where the families come to us directly and we have to be in a position of selecting or rejecting them uh, we just lies with the medical social work department so as and when we have a space okay. we let them know they have a huge waiting list and they send a family which kind of needs a accommodation at the earliest so they just send them across for nice nice and girish from that first center to where you all are right now it's been almost 6 right. years now 
uh, and how many centers you'll have for the benefit of the audience? Uh, it's six centers now. Six centers, yeah. six years. And uh, I believe the number of families or the children actually you've been able to uh, get children who've been come in and they've got well and they've moved out. It's about 500 people, uh, 500 kids yeah, now. Those are 500 uh, unique cases. And then we have had, you know, close to wow. about more than 50, 60 follow-up cases. So children who have used our facility and, you know, when they have to come back for follow-ups. So every time they come okay. for follow-up, they again end up staying with us. So that could be just about for a week's time or 10 days, you know, for the just follow-up. So 500 unique cases in follow-up. I have heard a story and uh, I don't know if you'll be comfortable sharing that, but uh, it's a non-profit. It's not for profit. You're not taking money either from the hospitals, neither from the parents. And to set this up, you had to take a step which was, you know, for many of us, it's a very hard step. Uh, and Girish, definitely in this scenario, you took that step. Uh, are you comfortable sharing what you did? Or I don't know if Ankit wants to talk. No, he doesn't like it. I think I will, because, you know, every time I mention it, it's better. So, uh, yes, he, uh, you know, because there was a huge uh, investment which was needed. It was not just taking up the place. We had to set up proper partitions and create those, you know, rooms, have beds, mattresses. It was as good as, you know, you would just yeah. take a rent a house for yourself and give it out. But instead of one family, here we were having yeah. going to have eight families to come and stay. So we had to be prepared for, uh, you know, those many families. Also, like Girish mentioned, we were testing ourselves, right? But then it, did, it didn't mean that, okay, um, next mm -hmm. week if I don't like it, we might just shut it. These families, they've come and we had committed that till their treatment is done, we're going to be there with them. So we had to have a plan where... Even if, you know, we decide to close, but we had right. to have some commitment for certain months. So keeping all that in mind and, you know, all those calculations and see, we were doing our own jobs. None of us come from big business ground where we would have money to, you know, just invest side. This was something which we wanted to do. And the idea was not even to start right. an NGO. Idea was to help. Everything else came with me. So I think that's where we realized when there was a big capital involved, there was operation cost involved. Uh, Girish had to take that step and he had a flat in Pune, which he sold off. Uh, and which really helped, you know, us put everything together. Because see, we, mm -hmm. we did not even have a single support. Okay. Our immediate friends and family also, uh, we realized once we started that, you know, they are scared of us. <laughs> and we were like wondering, Ki, are, why are they like, you know, so this thing they're not catching up so they were always worried if we meet we wow. gonna ask them carry up a donation <laughs> so you know it was quite an awkward thing where uh you know immediate you know your close friends on facebook or wherever hmm. in fact they were the last ones to come and we don't blame them or anything but it, it is everybody is going through a certain situation somebody might be able to help and see also there is perception about ngo where people feel that like, you know, we took that chance and we realized that it is not the money which that NGO needed. You know, they need, they were happy with, you know, we offering them media support or helping them in the events or, you know, helping them with distribution. Not many people then mm -hmm. knew that they could help in other ways. There yeah. are alternate helps you can do. 
like you know uh, some you know we had this friend who ran this advertising agency he said yaar what can i do for you i have to i don't make so much profit and i wish i could do more so then we were like dude you are running such a fabulous you know team of creative people you can help us with this he mm-hmm. said yaar easy i can do it some one of our friend was a musician he said yaar what can i do we said yaar you you know a lot of musicians mm-hmm. why don't you come and entertain our parents so it's it's all about you know now a lot of corporates and companies and people are taking that time out even schools are educating but people are money. getting to know that yeah. help doesn't mean money all the time yeah i i think time is a bigger factor mm-hmm. so if you are able to give some time and you know do something for us it i think that's more than enough i mean today we also say that you know you liking our post or mm-hmm. sharing our post itself is a big deal oh, yeah so 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 i think that's that's how challenging it has been like you said there is a lot of these misconceptions about ngos and money there's also misconception about the authenticity of the ngo uh, which i'm sure you would have come across as challenges or right. people saying how do i trust you right um, and how do i trust you uh, that my money my time or whatever it is being will be well served and will go to the people who re- really it matters to so how did that battle you overcome um fortunately you know i i come from a bit of a finance background in um, ankit uh, ankit <laughs> and me you know we we both kind of knew one thing right from the start that uh, there is a perception about ngo and and that is something which we realized early on you know the moment when we started so right from day one the focus has always been on maintaining a level of transparency which is there between us and and the people who are supporting us and uh, the very fact that you know uh, we have been able to grow from our very first center in 2014 and we did not have any center in 15 uh, it has only grown from 2016 and even the last year we took a complete break we did not start in a new center but we were able to do this and we were able to grow because people trusted in us and the trust was earned gradually because everything has been kept very transparent as i said we did not register ourselves till 2014 our bank account opened up in somewhere in december so till december we did we did not take any donations from anybody uh, we started donations from around december when we could actually accept checks and then you know we we slowly and steadily started having an atg and you know we we made sure that if you are taking money we give out nice. a receipt to them uh another thing what we done over the period of years is we have really focused on our uh, finance uh so we are probably one of mm-hmm. the few non profits who has actually invested in a compliance team we have a specific team we are, we are not talking about a ca or who does your you know financials or mm-hmm. you know this thing we have a specific compliance team Uh, they are called arya uh, the the team is called arya nice. and and they specifically mm-hmm. are into compliance they uh, tell us every, each and every step that we take in terms of finance we it has to go through them we make sure it it they they we have their clearance on that so they have helped us understand what a non profit finances so i'm just giving a very small example i mean even uh, for non profits who might probably not know this so Uh, some non-profits uh, like us they are into you know having this handmade products and you know selling it 
so that kind of supplements your yep. uh, donation money uh, revenue Rev so uh, arya told us that you know if you are making products and if you are selling this products you need to have a separate bank account for that you cannot mix it with your normal donation funds so it's a very wow. small thing but you know something which we were not aware of and we are going to that level of you know transparency uh, we also have been yeah i mean i don't know even i don't right. know as a common person yeah and hmm. we have been putting out our uh, you know entire financials on the guide star website so we have been getting a transparency key from them from the last 3 years uh, we are now aiming for a guide star you know gold uh, batch so that you know so that nice. uh, is another level of you know uh, what we are trying in terms of increasing our credibility and technically when you are going for this kind of badges or any of these things that means you are willing to share your entire financials with a third person you are ready for somebody to sort of yep. you know come in and take a entire look at uh, your finances uh, we have also been supported in terms of csr uh, by lnt so you know lnt as a corporate when they come in nice they do a complete due diligence yep. so we have passed their due diligence Uh, we have uh, been uh, there has been a financial hygiene checkup done on us by Azim Premji, and you know they have also given us the go ahead. Wow! So all these bodies, all these agencies, they have come to us. They they have had a complete go at our entire finance, and all of us have only good things to say. Uh, they could have given us recommendations to probably get it even better, but uh, there has been no red flags raised mm -hmm. ever so far. very impressive and in such a small time you all have not only created a brand but you all have also created i would say an authentic process which allows people to believe in your cause than what rather than just looking at things around it but it's not just about the finance and the location but you also have an amazing team and i've met some of them uh how did you assemble that team and get people aligned to the cause or get aligned to the thought process which you have and y'all both had how were you able to get that um, uh, so yeah and auntie yeah. jenny is that correct in chamber yeah okay i've met her she's the sweetest person <laughs> in the world i would say how did you get her and the entire team you know to work with you and you know help you around whether it's the drivers who are driving those so word of you know the the ambulances the small cars or helpers or how did you get all of that together auntie jenny i think uh, ankit I, i think i'll just share this auntie jenny experience uh, you know this was the first day anis you know the first day when we in on june 14th when we just started the center in ankit and me you know we were there and to be honest that day it really shook us because on paper it kind of seemed like a very good idea having the families we are giving them a shelter they will stay on their own and everything it was all there but on the actual day when when the families came in and you know ankit and me were standing there it, it kind of just sunk into us damn there are four families right there on the spot and they have come i mean like four families so we are talking about 12 people and they have just walked in yeah and we realize uh, there is there is there is so much to than just accommodation because what we had in mind was accommodation that was what we had set up we had set up a kitchen we had set up units beds everything was taken care of what we didn't realize was they did not have even money to buy grocery 
So we had the gas, but did, they did not have grocery. So that was something which we immediately thought of, all right, grocery has to be implemented from day one itself. So we just went out and bought the grocery. Right. Then we realized they do not know how to operate the stove. And, and then wow. we had a funny incident where, you know, one of this father, he comes up to us and he tells us, you know, I, I just, can you just direct me to the nearest field? And we're like, field, what field? I just need to go to the field. And then we realized he wanted to attend the nature's call. And like I said, no, don't worry about it. We have washrooms. But he did not know how to use a washroom. He's never seen a washroom in his life. I mean, we, we had a Western uh, wow. commode. So how, he didn't know how to use that. And we were so perplexed. I mean, how does one explain that to another person? And then, then fortunately, YouTube has everything that one can possibly imagine. We found a video, we showed him the video. And, you know, after all this, and Ankit and me were like, you know, we literally were standing there and we were thinking, damn, I mean, how can we just let this whole family stay on their own? We need somebody who can kind of oversee them because there is no way they can just survive on their own. You need somebody to supervise that. And, and, we, and we were kind of thinking, Ankit and me were like, Aaj tu soja, tal main you know, we were, we were kind of having that kind of discussion, but we were like, we need somebody. And that is when Jenny, to a common friend, she just appeared there like a miracle. And then she said, you know, she was, she was looking for a job. And then we said, you know, this is what is. And probably you already know, but I'm just mentioning this. Jenny lost both her parents to cancer. Her brother is a survivor. So the, she came with all that empathy. She said, I know exactly what these guys want. I know what they are looking for. And the only thing that she told us was, from today, this is my home. We did not discuss salary. We did not discuss anything. We did not discuss her, where she's going to stay, how she's going to, nothing we discussed. She just said, from today, this is my home. She just took care of it. She took control of it. And we both would go home. It just happened like a miracle. Wow. And angels don't uh, show up like that. They show up where there is positivity and there is a purpose which is probably led by somebody yep. higher up. So I, I meaning when I met Auntie Jenny and when you look at her, she's so humble. Um, and definitely, I know this podcast is about you, but I don't think so. Access Life, that first center is with... Oh, you will definitely need one podcast <laughs> with her. You know, she has got so many oh, stories. Yes, for sure. So, uh, you know, and it's not just Auntie Jenny. There are a lot of other, you know, now you have an international team. Uh, and now you'll have team in US and you have team all over the world in Singapore as well. Uh, so how, how did that all happen? So uh, Singapore and other places, we are still looking for more volunteers. In fact, we are looking for volunteers across the world. Sure. We want to like pin up our volunteers across wherever possible. So uh, US, uh, you know, had a lot of, you know, when we started this thing. So just telling about one trust is finance. Other trust is about people, right? And in his, uh, since start, you know, we and Girish, because, you know, we've been on this side, we know key how uh, NGOs approach you, right? And I don't know, between that 2012 uh, and 14, 15, there were a lot of these cases were happening where people would come to you with files and ask you, please support GA and all that. So we knew that that's, that's not how, you know, we're going to gain trust. And certain experiences initially when we started off you know they helped us a lot 
to understand how our approach should be so one thing is there we had our ghar ka kheti digital marketing so we said we got to be using this thing as a free tool obviously and it's a two way tool not like a website where you make and nobody can interact right so social media was as it is catching up so we started pushing ourselves through social media and inviting people over to come and see the place somebody would you know when we had a couple of our friend volunteer who was with mumbai mirror and he did this story first time we had so many calls and we were shocked here good response but then we started telling people that okay you want to support us please come and have a look at our center please come and have a look at us mm-hmm. i think that's what we've done i rather have you know you anis come and talk about me rather than i'm uh, me asking you anis okay you just give me a contact i'll speak and figure it out i we what we did was we you know our volunteers became our advocates and they were influencers they started going out and talking to people and then it just started multiplying and then so okay all which has happened is you know technically that free marketing of social media and okay. people coming in so word of mouth that has been our biggest thing in fact we if you go back and look at certain post we were the one who were posting and pushing people if there was this news about you know certain ngo which has come into you know you know bad note about for something we would highlight it and tell people and educate people that listen why don't you go and check it out you know there could be stories there could mm-hmm. be you know they could be doing good or whatever but just come visit talk to beneficiaries they are the right people to tell you whether you know how things are you should talk to the staff see when that happens no uh, we uh, we what we did was if you've come today and you like it you automatically go back and talk about us so i think that is what has happened so even with visitors not just in bombay across the globe i think that went really awesome and uh, girish's brother is in atlanta so obviously you know he was part of this okay. thing and then that's where this discussion was that we have lot of people i mean you know indian communities are so strong over there right uh, and yeah. they they look forward to support some you know local thing you know which is happening and they go with people they know so uh, we realized yeah. that let's register over there so people who donate or support they get tax benefit and we have a larger you know like with online you're right. not restricted to mumbai being in mumbai it is not just mumbai ngo and childhood cancer is not just india's issue it is global issue yeah. so our aim was simple that we want to go out and become a larger medium to create awareness about childhood cancer so people know so I, I, so what you said we are still with this covid we faced lot of issues where our ngo only works when people come it doesn't function hmm. if people don't see us because that is something what and you're doing something unique yeah. now and you're doing something yes, unique now yes. so let's talk about that yeah. so so like i was saying our thing works only when people see it and that's what we have been pushing people right like when i said when we were educating people we were forcing them you know you just cannot donate like that you have to look at what the ngo does and then you see with this covid we were on standstill and we didn't know what to do but then again you know that technology was to our rescue and now what we have started doing is we have started inviting people from global i mean across the world to come and see our center so we do zoom calls 
and we show people you know our center and uh, it's been almost 2 3 months and we've had more than almost 50 60 tours we've done so which is really great and i i think you know this has opened our do- doors and windows even broader because earlier we would just wait ki oh someone will come down to india and then they would visit now we don't have to wait i mean we have a person who's just sitting across 50 kilometers away from mumbai to thousands of kilometer from mumbai they can come and see our center so it's it's really awesome uh you know i have seen and i know few people and definitely i know both of you when you undertake such an exercise there is a support not just from outside but internally also which need to enable this and these are your own families and your immediate families uh and uh, you know they take a toll because of this effort it's not only you personally taking a toll it's uh, also what girish had to do uh, you know it's a family piece right so how has family supported or how has family enabled this entire piece for you or influence what you are doing so yes you are right absolutely this has to be a team effort not just you know me and girish there absolutely our families because initially you know there is always a big question mark when you are starting something new when you don't understand something but i i think i can speak for both of us that our family has stood by us and even when activities and events we didn't have anybody no volunteers our families were always there uh, i i think you know it is more of a, uh, you cannot quantify it how you evaluate and explain but when you see certain things happening okay so when we i i remember this day when you know we had this thing started and we had our first child finishing the treatment and leaving i think you know all of us were so happy and we we just couldn't explain ki yaar you know so we we are trying to figure out how we evaluate and see that we are doing okay and you know our things are working i think a child finishing treatment okay. successfully and you know being their parents staying peacefully and able to go back home i think that was one small way to figure out ha yaar i think we are in right direction i think there is no other way and that's what even our families saw because every time they would go we would go there and events they would join and they would see what we are doing uh, i think they were part of it rather than saying ki acha i'll support you they were equally part of it so be it girish's wife you know girish's brother mother my wife even anna my son you know he was he was four then and then now he's 10 but then he knows that sundays and and see we would be more at the center during especially during holidays so yeah. so uh, it's like you know we have diwali so our diwalis would be at the center so if there is a you know sunday because maximum people and volunteers would come when they have chutti or they have holiday right so we had to be That's there to talk to them show them around so i think we we initial 3 4 years i mean we finish it 6 years we still do it but then now we have a team but till 4 years i think we've been like continuously going there on our holidays we would in fact plan our holidays accordingly ki we will not plan it when you know like world is on leave we'll plan it on our, i think it works better because you get a cheaper rates across and it's <laughs> sure <laughs> <laughs> but what also keeping in mind that okay it's going to be summer vacation i think a lot of people come and visit us it's going to be diwali it's going to be christmas whatever holidays come in 
we were making sure uh, we had our own jobs also i mean we uh, i mean you know like we don't we are, we are not earning from this in in fact we are, uh, we have our own jobs uh, and uh, covid has put a question mark against those also but uh, we were trying to you know we were trying hard so again you know me and girish we had that good uh, uh, you know setting between both of us that whenever he would have certain meetings i would attend or if he had certain commitment in terms of family you know i would take care of it and the other way around so because we had to ensure okay. that one of us had to be there when you know people are coming in and uh, it's mm-hmm. been very i mean like before we opened this i think both of us in fact we have gone for holidays together but i don't think so after it is over we yeah. hardly got time like that to do wow so yes it is a sacrifice which is needed but it is you know it is something you want to do it's not something oh my god i have to do this no you will love doing it and you want to be there even if we are you know we we go somewhere we are like constantly trying to figure out are what is this happening and then one of us will be like do chill i'm handling it so and then families mm-hmm. play nice. important role because it takes hit on time which we used to all give them yeah. now it is distributed but uh, you know that's but they, they understand you know they know where it comes from and i think that's that's a big blessing i think we are blessed to have such family so great great um and i would love to pose this actually just yeah. go ahead Gil, add go ahead. to what ankit said i mean he's is covered it all i mean the very best example is um, last week is just about last week and we have our new center coming up congratulations and, um, yeah thank you so so poonam was there and, and you know my my wife um, himalini she was also there and i was i was so surprised because both of our wives were actually commenting uh, on you know is the space enough are you sure that you know this this unit space you have calculated properly i was for a moment i was like thinking oh okay all right now they have gone into another level where they have actually they have the map drawn in their head and you know they know exactly how much space is needed and it's 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 reached to that stage now where mm-hmm. their involvement is you know and no all this good work is not just being recognized by our family but is also being recognized internationally as well as in the market as well and one of the monumental effort you all have been doing for the last 5 years which you all did this week is you all have been lighting up one of the unesco's uh site which is the cst terminal in mumbai for 5 years and it's an honor of uh children suffering cancer right and you all have a tie up uh and it's beautiful how it lights up uh, it lights up every day but the way it lights up on that day it's just amazing uh and it's not just that you all have got a humanitarian award to both of you uh, congratulations again on that but now uh, you know i'm sure the award is less uh, you all will not talk about it but the cst lighting up i think i'm i get I, if i'm there physically next time if you all are doing it i would love to be there but yeah, yeah. you know awesome. but uh, but uh, you know when you're there you, you can see the goosebump because it's a it's a it's a monument of itself yeah. right and when it lights up it, you can get goosebumps and i would advise every listener to actually look up your instagram handles and your linkedin handles and see that picture because it's amazing and it's beautiful you know talk about how did you all come up with that how how did you all convince a unesco and especially a, a highly i would say this fort knox that house <laughs> 
you know something like this to change their lighting or at least honor to what your guys are doing how did that happen i think one of the good things between uh, me and ankit is because you know uh, we are both always sort of you know looking out uh, how we can kind of uh, push the envelope and you know take things to a different level uh, and we we both read up a lot uh, in because of uh, ankit i am also kind of you know nowadays kind of wary of what is trending right now what is happening around the world we we kind of look into all those things um we read up somewhere that you know world over uh, like in australia they they do the amphitheater they they lit it up in gold and uh, similar thing in london and us and there are many uh, places where different monuments are lit up in gold to create awareness uh, we realize there is a lot of awareness right now which is happening in uh, india in mumbai for pinkathon Uh, breast cancer which is a good thing yeah. uh, awareness is required for uh, for everyone uh, but we realize that many very few people know about childhood cancer uh, uh, very few people know that gold stands as the color for childhood cancer it's the golden ribbon for childhood cancer so that was something which we wanted to push um, we wanted that awareness to be around and and september month it's, it's september definite, month is a childhood yeah, cancer month also right cancer international Can- awareness month yeah in Yes, what you said is definitely right. It's it's a feeling which gives you goosebumps because it's the same CST station which I had been using for a long time in my life to sort of get to my workplace. Uh, I used to work in Ethiopian, so you know I had to take the train till CST and then take a bus. So that's how the journey has started in our life. So to see the same monument being lit uh, in gold and that too to create an awareness, uh, uh, it's it's amazing. Yeah. The very first time when we when we did it, how uh, we had to run uh, pillar to post just to sort of understand how the permission aspect works you know and uh, i know that you know uh, the lighting was supposed to happen let's say tomorrow and one day before the lighting ankit and me were till 7 o'clock at the csc station trying to convince the gm that you know we want to do this as part of an awareness and we got the permission at the very last moment wow so, how did you change the lights then Oh, the, there is an actual technical guy who's there who you know who does all this setting. Uh, I think Bajaj uh, is taking care of that. So there is a technical person uh, and he programs the lights. Okay. So we need to give the permissions, uh, the color that we need and everything. It has to be sent out in advance. Permissions has to be sought. So there's a whole lot of thing that has to be done. Wow. But uh, in case you also didn't know, in the last five years we have been doing CST continuously. but uh, we have also done gateway of india one and we have we have been doing bmc building for the last few years beautiful and i hope you all can lit up every building in mumbai and worldwide probably some of the large ones that's that's the plan that's the plan i mean you know the more people coming forward and knowing these things automatically yes. you know i think that should happen not just mumbai across but today we are proud that in india these are the only monuments which represent childhood cancer mm. and it's a great thing yes. so since last 5 years if somebody has to know childhood cancer awareness you know these things pop up yeah. and these are really amazing yeah. so and and these people are very kind you know we feel care you know when we go what will happen do we get permission you know will there be lot of paperwork this that and everything they are very particular about things but once you know that it's very very easy and they they guide you that's the best part nice. because sometimes people feel no this is impossible even we didn't know we also thought that you know it could happen couldn't happen what if you have to pay huge amounts mm. 
and uh, we said we don't but we said uh, chalo koshish karte hain let's try and and it worked and yes i mean it's i mean you know at times when those events we do you know photographers who come and support us channels who come and support us once everybody leaves you know we just keep staring at those monuments and it is it's something you know like a kid you would want to see that uh, how beautiful those lights are yeah. so so ankit and girish i know we are on top of an hour uh, but if you know for the listeners uh, if you would love to know or uh, share how they can be part of it right i think it's part of the journey which you all are more than as you rightly said it's the time rather than the the money aspect right but you want people to be part of the journey rather than just okay. show up once okay. and forget right so how what is the medium they can reach to you what is the method they would they can be part of this journey which you all are on so we have a lot of platforms i mean you know from a number to website and how where if they think you know where do i start it is only by you know taking a tour seeing the place i think that's where you know someone has to start okay uh you know then you know forget about you know don't even think you know we want people to come open minded about you know and not just us any ngo they want to do they have to go open minded don't think about oh their needs could be huge or you know their needs could be small don't mm-hmm. or, what can i do who am i but no just take a tour get an understanding it doesn't matter if you support but i know for a sure any person who does something with anybody it could be a person it could be a ngo you know you end up impacting something if if it doesn't impact you know you think you don't make an impact on that person it impacts you you as a person grow a lot you learn a lot you become more thankful towards what you have you know so people have to think in that way and be open about it and initial is just be you know do your research in terms of seeing them understanding what they do and then you know there is there is something you know you oh. can decide what you want to do Girish, you want to add anything? I mean, I, this this one thing you know, which um, uh, we keep on doing, and you know, when when somebody approaches us, and uh, we also realize that you know, different there are different people who want to support different causes. Uh, not all could be for childhood cancer. Some some want to do something for the uh, animals, and somebody wants to do something for education. Uh, there are different causes out there. uh we just uh, i i'm going to use your medium to kind of you know put it out there if there is somebody who wants to let's say start something uh, like what we did maybe start a nonprofit for for a cause that is uh, close to their heart uh we w- we would like to help them in any sort of way if they if they have uh, any any doubts how to start it they want guidance they they want uh, because you know we've been in this for six last six years now Mm-hmm. we know what it takes we know what are the steps to be followed we know the pro- entire process now uh, to a fair amount of degree so we are we are more than willing to sort of you know uh, give that uh, information to whosoever seeks it and if there is a opportunity for anybody out there to make a difference in the life of another individual they should just kind of do it and uh, if we can help them in any way we would be more than happy Girish, very beautiful thought, and on that note, I really want to thank uh, both of you to taking time out uh, on a sun- Saturday, which is actually a key day for you guys because it's a weekend. 
and I know I've taken some time out from family as well as from the NGO both. Uh, but thank you for taking time. No, we love doing this. This is something we absolutely love. This is something we love talking about. You know, any time of the day, you can just, you know, even at the midnight, you wake us up and, uh, you know, want, to, want us to talk about, we'll be more sure. than happy. And I could see that passion in today's <laughs> conversation. So thank you to both of you. It's been a pleasure thank you. to have both of you, thank you and be on this call. Thank you, Anis. Thank you for having us. Oh, not a problem. Thank you. Yeah, and look forward to you taking a tour with, you know, maybe, you know, your people who uh, come on the podcast and they say that, okay, let's, Anis, plan a tour. We can do that joint tour. Definitely. And I hope uh, through this medium, we get more people joining the cause. Thank you for listening in. And we close yet another episode of Masters Decoded. If you've enjoyed the episode, please, you can help us out by sharing it on social media. I would personally appreciate that. It's how we can reach more listeners, and the more listeners we have, the more awesome guests I can get in touch and convince to participate in these conversations. That are a joy to have for me, and I hope they are a joy for you to listen as well. You can also help a lot leaving reviews on iTunes or your podcast service of choice. Reviews are surprisingly helpful in supporting the podcast to get to more listeners. If this episode has intrigued you, I would request you to subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date and get notified to the future episodes. With that, I bid you and see you in the next episode.